Welcome back to the Posting Up podcast here with your host Alec Jesse. It's been it's been a little bit since I've done this one. Uh, I'd say right around a little, not quite a year, but we're getting there. Um, I took a break last uh, last winter because uh, time part of it, and it was kind of it was getting difficult for me to push it out as far as the Google Drive and Dropbox. I didn't have a whole lot of space. I started up. Uh, the Kentucky Sports Podcast with Tori Bowling. By the way, go subscribe to that. That's on uh, iTunes. It's on, yeah, any, it's on iTunes. So go subscribe to that. Give us a rating. Give us a shout. Um, all that. But, um, so I took a little break from this. Um, I was a little burnt out as well. But um, now there's a new, I have a new and easier way to push it out. So it should be, it should be more accessible on Twitter, Facebook, whatever else um, is out there. Um, I'm sure I'll put a link in my my bio and my social media. But just want to let you all know, um, I'd, I'd like to start this up once a week. Maybe not now because, you know, the, the college basketball season has technically started. Uh, teams, it started yesterday. I think teams were allowed to practice yesterday, starting yesterday. Officially, I guess. They were kind of practicing before. But, um... It was the official start of the season, so I'd like to, you know, maybe now, because there's not a ton of news, um, maybe twi- twice, once every two weeks, and then once the season gets rolling around once a week, uh, should should definitely do it. Um, I'll, I'll call this season three, because this is the third individual college basketball season. I know I didn't really complete either of the first two that I did, because uh, 2016-17, I really only talked about the second half of the season. And then last year, I only talked about the first part of the season. So I, combined, really, that's only one season I've done, but it's three different college basketball seasons. So we'll call this season three for, for the heck of it. Um, but again, yep, I'm um, just a refresher. I'm Alec Jesse. I'm your host. Um, I'll try to get. I'll try to be better about getting guests on. But um, I you, this will be the main voice you'll listen to. I'm currently a junior at Western Kentucky University, a broadcast major. And um, as far as my involvement on campus, I'm involved with both the News Channel 12 and Extra Point Show, which I will be anchoring actually tomorrow, so I'm pretty hyped about that. Um, I will be anchoring both shows this this semester, so I'm yeah, pretty, pretty hyped about that. And then I am also the beat reporter for men's basketball uh, for the College Heights Herald, and I am beyond psyched for that. Um, Western Kentucky. I mean, we'll get more into this as, as we go, but they they look to have a pretty darn good team this year, and I'll get to watch them up close pretty much every game. Um, I'm hopefully going to try to get to a game in Arkansas and uh, the game this Conference USA Championship, and then hopefully, if God willing, a, a tournament game it would be a lot of fun. So that is kind of about me, my background as far as that goes. Um, I'm sure, though, um, most people listening know who I am. But anyway, so now to get down to it. So I guess kind of to recap what what happened last year, right? Because it's been I mean, it's been a while since I've or since I've been on on the mic for college basketball as a whole. I've talked a ton about UK. That's pretty obvious. Um I I I'm admit I I am admittedly 
uh, a big time UK fan. Uh, I try to keep my bias out of that with this podcast. I try to, you know, they're going to be a main talking point because they're they're one of the bigger names in college basketball. I mean, that's just the way it is. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas. And then, you know, got some Michigan State and whatnot. They're, they're just going to be talked about more because they are the bigger programs in the sport. I mean, that's just the, that's just the fact of the matter. Um, and, you know, Louisville, obviously, and the FBI stuff. I mean, what what is that kind of stuff? I mean, that kind of bolts to the top. Um, but so, but again, go back to the original point. I haven't talked about college basketball as a whole on podcasts in a while. Uh, so I'm glad to get back to it. But so last year, obviously, Villanova won the title. Uh, crazy tournament. Tournament's always great. I mean, I don't understand why people even even think that there's another playoff that's better. I mean, like like. Like the college football playoff, compare if we're comparing the two co- collegiate sports, major collegiate sports, the, the college football playoff playoff is complete trash to the to the NCAA tournament. It's it's garbage. The NCAA, that, I mean, that's their money maker overall, and for good reason. Better games, way more excitement. It's a longer period of time, and you know, I I, I listen. I love football. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm, I do, but I've become more of a basketball guy as my years have gone on. And I just find basketball fun to watch. I just find it super fun to watch. Not that football isn't. Football's fun to watch, especially in comparison to if we're talking baseball. Like, I mean, that's not, a, that's not close in my opinion. But I just think basketball is just so much fun to watch. I just feel like there's m- better athletes. It's, it's, th- as far as the game goes, there's, just, there's better skill, so much, just so much talent. I mean, you look at the NBA today, you know, I would argue the NBA today. I, I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I mean, I I, I love the sport of basketball. I, I watch a lot of NBA playoffs when that's on. Um, but the NBA is like the best I think it's ever been, arguably. I, I really do. I think it, it is as far as the players that are in the league and just the athleticism and the talent. I mean, it, it's like it, I th- I feel like with football, like the fundamentals are getting worse with football with basketball it the, like the skill level is just getting higher it's getting better and better each and every year there's better players in my opinion getting it getting drafted um so i that's, i just i've grown to love me some basketball but as far as like the format goes i mean it's just it's not even close the tournament is is just great and I, and I love it. I, tournament time is great. I, I you know, I, I know the kind of a hot take. I love the conference tournaments. I, I know, like, I know a bunch of coaches, including Coach Cal, hate the conference tournament and they don't like it and think it's stupid. They get to waste of time. I love it. I love conference tournaments because I think it's like, it, it's 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 like the, it's like the rehearsal for the real thing, and I, and, and you're playing against teams that you've played all year that you're familiar with, and I think it's a really good practice. I mean, as much as Cal doesn't like, I mean. Cal, for for what it's worth, I mean that is where he gets a lot of his. He's had a lot of his momentum with some of his lesser teams, the Jamal Murray, Tyler Ulis team. I mean, like that team wasn't going to win at all, but like they had superb momentum going into the tournament based off of that Texas A&M game. And then just last year, like this team, you probably wasn't going to win at all, but man, you you felt good about him after that Tennessee game. Like, if, if the season just ended after Florida, we'd be like, eh, okay, they played well at the end of the season, but they didn't, but they, they kind of crapped out against Florida. N- not, not the case. I mean, they won the SEC outright in that tournament, and it was, um, it was fun to watch. And I think a lot of other teams would, would uh, agree, or a lot of other fans maybe would agree with that. And I know people, some disagree, but I, I'm a big conference tournament guy. But so anyway, 
Villanova won the tournament. Um, they were by far the best team overall for the season. They, they were the most consistent. Um, well, I, I say the best. I think they were the best basketball team. I don't think they were. They were not the most talented. They were maybe mm, fifth or sixth most talented. I mean that that may be generous. But they were, as far as playing basketball, like the team, the sport, playing playing as a team, they were the best. They they play they they knew what they were good at. Jay Wright knew what knew his strengths, and he played to them. And like Villanova didn't have a great defense, but I mean Jay Wright said this. I think with an interview with Evan Daniels last season, Villanova, or he said that this is the best coach or the best shooting team he's ever coached. And and that was pretty like in. Looking back, it's like, wow, yeah, that team was. I mean, that that game against Kansas, like, Kansas was more talented than they were. And, well, that, that may be close. That That's a closer one. But still, I mean, we're talking about I mean, a Kansas team that w- with senior guard Devontae Graham and Malik Newman, who at that point was shooting lights out. I mean, that, that team has a lot of talent, a lot of at least, you know, former five stars. And Villanova just shot them out of the building. I mean, it like that game was over the first five minutes, and I mean, it was like it, it was it was just wild. Like I hadn't seen a team really do that um, in a final. Like they and they did it against Oklahoma two years before. Like, but Villanova by far the the most. I, I guess you could say the, they were the most consistent team throughout, and it showed. And, and which is why they, they every single game, you know, like against. Texas A&M, or not Texas A&M, excuse me, Texas Tech, they didn't shoot the ball very well, but they still brought the energy. They still did what they do, and uh, they won that game. And then the games where they blew up, I mean, it's like they would have a patented 20-5 to run just about every game. I mean, Alabama had them close for a while in that second game, and then they just blew them out. I mean, they just totally took them out. I mean, it, was, it, w- it wasn't even close. Um, same thing against Michigan in the championship game. Michigan, I think, had a five-point lead with like five minutes left in the first half, something like that, and then big run. And Michigan really didn't really get within 12, I think, the rest of the game. They were so good at going on those mid-game runs, and, and they just wouldn't let you get close at after that, they would they they would not let you get within ten to twelve points, and when you're fighting that uphill battle, and, and you know it's it's at the under eight timeout, you look up and you're you've given all you got, and you're still down by twelve points to to Villanova, who, I mean at any point, I mean at any point can just blow up on you. I mean that's a pretty deflating feeling. So, props to Jay Wright. I mean, got to put him on the uh, Mount Rushmore of current college basketball coaches up there with K. Cal, Self, um, Bayheim, and others. I mean, he he has been just terrific the past two past two years. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of one and dones in the tournament. Uh, not not players, obviously, but like in tournament or two and done uh, prior to the prior to his first run. But it seems like these past couple of years, man, he really figured Jay Wright's got something cooking. Um, so. Now, you know, transition now to the offseason. And you had a lot of um, interesting decisions. Villanova finally kind of got – finally t- kind of took a hit from being good, uh, b- being really good. Uh, they, th- The first time – the first championship, they didn't lose – they lost – I mean, they lost seniors, obviously. But they didn't lose 
Josh Hart. They didn't lose Chris Jenkins. They didn't lose Daryl Reynolds. And then you got a guy in Jalen Brunson who kind of just slides into Ryan Archidiakono's point guard role, and Jalen Brunson was clearly, I mean, he's clearly a better player than him. So he almost got upgraded. Uh, I mean, and you saw it. I mean, the team last year was, in my opinion, a decent amount better than the first championship team they had. But now they finally took hits. Um, obviously, you lose Jalen Brunson, who graduated in three years. It was pretty obvious he's going to go pro after this year. Mikael Bridges, I think he was a senior. Or, no, nah, he was a, I think he was a junior. Regardless, he was slated as a top-ten pick. You knew you, knew you were going to lose him. But the two that were kind of up in the air when they first declared, Amari Spellman and um, Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo went to the combine, combine excuse me, and blew up. And pretty apparent that he was going pro after that. And then Amari Spellman... Um, I mean, he got picked in the first round. So he obviously got good enough feedback. I don't know about his combine performance. Probably wasn't bad. <laughs> but he ended up getting picked in the first round as well. I mean, Nova, Villanova had three players picked in the first round. I mean, that's got to be the most they've had in a long time. So, I mean, pretty impressive stuff. But they finally, you know, after two or three championships, now they finally lose some guys early. So they kind of have to rebuild a little bit. I mean, they're still going to be good. I still have them... Where do I have them? I still have them at like maybe top, definitely top 15, maybe even top 10. Maybe I might have them right at 10. Um, no, I have them at 12. I have them at 12. Um, so obviously a lot rides on Javon Quinterly. Uh, you may know him from previously. He was a big part of the FBI scandal, which I think hit its one-year anniversary either yesterday or today. So that is, it has been one year since that whole FBI thing broke. That's, that's wild. Um, anyway, but big part of that, um, which is weird, but I guess he's cleared because, I mean, Villanova took him, and, you know, from by all accounts, they're a pretty clean program. Um, so he originally committed to Arizona. Arizona gets found out for all this, uh, all this, you know, paying or bribing recruits. He decommits, and then he ends up at Villanova. I think he committed in January, February, something around there. Um, he committed um, He committed in the winter and then signed in the spring, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, you got Joe Cremo, who is a grad transfer from Albany. I mean, he had a 43% shooter. It gives you exact. I mean, perfect replacement for DiVincenzo, a guy who, I mean, blew up in that championship game, rode the momentum in the combine, and, now I think he got picked in the top 20. I think he's picked by the Bucks. Um, so, pretty good replacement. But they're going to have to definitely um, find some – they're going to definitely have to rebuild a little bit because, I mean, they lost they lost a lot. I mean, and, and that's what happens when you win championships. You lose, you lose your guys. But they still have – they still have a pretty good bench. Uh, it's just I think – from Jay Wright's standpoint, now how do you coach these young guys up? Because no long, you, you no longer get two or three years where they kind of get to sit the bench and kind of like soak it all in how to play the game, and then that junior senior year they get thrown in and they're really good. They're like they're like primed and ready to go. That won't be the case this year because they're going to have to play with a freshman point guard, which I can't remember the last time Jay Wright started a freshman point guard, um, and then they're going to have to be ready to go. Um, immediately, they're going to have to be ready to play at a high level um, this year. They don't get to, they don't, no more kind of like all kind of red shirting guys. Um, but they still have some, they still got Phil Booth, who I feel like has been in 
NCAA forever, but I'm pretty sure he got a medical red shirt because he missed all of 2016-17 due to a knee injury. Eric Paschal's back, and he was a big part of their championship team. So they still got some pieces. Um, now let's talk a little bit about Duke. Um, we'll talk about – there's a lot to talk about Duke. Um, obviously, they played over – they played in Canada um, this winter. They have a great recruiting class. They have a bunch of superstars. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I mean, you know, this, this is going to be maybe the most fun Duke team to watch. Um, and, and you know, I, you know, as a UK, my UK fan in me says, I, you know, I can't stand them, but they're going to be fun to watch. They will be. They have a ton of talent. I mean, they have more, more talent than, you know, I mean, UK's 2010 team and then maybe the 2013 team. I mean, like, that's about it, though. I mean, they, they have a ton of talent and it's, it's legit. Like, it's, it's good. It's really good talent. Um, obviously with RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish. And Zion Williamson, excuse me, being the headliners of that class. Um, I mean, I mean, they're gonna be that first game's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a game. It's gonna be if it wasn't election night, it'd be the highest viewed game for. I mean, it'd be the highest viewed game regular season game maybe of all time. Uh, it and it is late at night. That doesn't help either. But uh, it's gonna be the ratings still be through the roof. I mean, that that game's gonna be incredible. Again, they play Kentucky in the Champions Classic, but. You know, I, I kind of thought about their season last year because I kind of want to recap and go into this year. Um, and we'll talk about their recruiting struggles as well. But I, I really thought last year they blew it. And, and I know I said Villanova was the best, was the better basketball team. That, that may be true. But I think it, it, it's comparable. that they're, Them not winning the, the, the whole thing, even go to the Final Four really, was kind of like it draws comparisons to UK in 2014 15. Obviously, UK was 38 and 1. They were better. They were better than Duke was last year, no question about it. But, and, and I think Villanova, I think Villanova was a better, is a better winner than Duke was that year, if that makes sense. I think that this Villanova team this past year would have beaten the 15 Duke team. The 15 Duke team was really good. But I think this Villanova team was is sli- like it's it's close, but it's slightly better, um, because I just think just the way that they played offense and just how in sync they were. I mean, Duke. I mean, some of those perf- so that, the performances for that team are kind of all over the place at times. Um, they, they're put together, and I think that they matched up with Wisconsin really well because they beat them in Madison earlier that year. I don't know. I guess it was. I guess it's because, you know, Emil Jefferson, good defensive big, gave Kaminsky fits. And combine that with Grace Now coming out of nowhere, and you get that result. But I think it's it's fairly comparable. Think about it. So Duke, pretty much, Coach K has his most complete team since that 14-15 team he had. Of Tyus Jones, Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow, all these guys, top first-round picks. One senior starter in Quinn Cook. Uh, or, yeah, one senior starter in Quinn Cook that year. Think about the comparisons. I mean, this that was a championship-winning team. Now, okay, you got all the talent of last year's team. Bagley, Carter. Best front court K has ever coached. Ever coached. Not close, I think, talent-wise. That is not close. Um, Tyus Jones running the point. Get a freshman point guard last year. Tyus Jones better than Trey, uh, or excuse me, Trayvon Duvall last year. T- 
Tyus Jones is better than Trayvon Duvall, but still, but still, I think Bagley's better than Jaleel Okafor by, you know, a little bit. Um, get the one senior starter, Grayson Allen. Quinn Cook, uh, Quinn Cook in 2014-15, Grayson Allen this past year. I mean, they were, and Kay had his most complete, it wasn't a very deep team, granted, but Duke teams are never deep. They weren't deep in 2014-15. I think they had seven scholarship players. Remember, Rashid Suleiman got kicked off the team in February. So, I really think that they blew at a just pristine opportunity because they were the most talented team. They had a pretty complete group. Um, and I think they could have... And I think they very well could have beaten Villanova. Um, and... They lost, you know, Kentucky, I mean, at least, I mean, that Wisconsin team Kentucky lost to was just really, really good. I mean, they, they, talk about, they were probably a better basketball, like, well, I, I don't know, I struggle to say that because, I mean, Kentucky won 38 straight games. You don't do that just be, by being talented. But regardless, I think that Wisconsin team was a heck of a team. They were the second best team that season. I know they didn't beat Duke, but the best team doesn't always win. It's just the way it goes. In a one-game scenario, the best team is. For eight, for six games in a row, the best team does not always win, and the best two teams didn't win that year. Um, but Duke, I mean, to, to lose to Kansas, who was good, but this was uh, this was probably the weakest of the last three Kansas teams. I mean, think about it. that that Kansas team in twenty uh, twenty fifteen sixteen. That team was stacked. Wayne Selden. I mean, Frank Mason was really starting to emerge as a star. Devontae Graham was getting more comfortable. I mean, they were great. That was a really good Kansas team. I, they blew it. I mean, that was that was their year when Villanova won that uh, the their first title. I thought that was Kansas' year. And then the Kansas team the next year. I mean, how that team didn't go to the Final Four? Josh Jackson, Devontae Graham, Frank Senior Frank Mason, who I mean was an automatic layup or or free throws every time he drove. I mean, how do you lose at, at, in Kansas City to Oregon? Who was, I mean, they were good, but, I mean, like, without Chris Boucher, how that happened, I I just don't know. I mean, I mean, Josh Jackson, that dude was is one of the better college players we've had this decade. Heck of a player. I know they didn't have much for front court that season, but it really didn't matter. They shot the lights out. I mean, that team beat Kentucky on the road. I mean, that, that, that was a heck of a Kansas team. Those two teams, how they didn't get the Final Four, I don't know. But then the third time's a charm. Kansas, this past Kansas team didn't really think it was that great, that special. Like, Malik Newman, eh. What we saw at Mississippi State wasn't very good. Devontae Graham's really good, but then who else you got? I mean, Billy Preston was supposed to be their, uh, their star, uh, star recruit, didn't even play. Went to Bosnia. Um, I forget who else they had. I mean, they had Sid McKay, Luke. I mean, Azabuki. Um, but it's, it wasn't as good as the other Kansas teams, and that team beat Duke. Now, granted, Malik Newman was firing. I mean, he had 28 points, I think. Devontae Graham was Devontae Graham, from all I can remember. But Sid McKay, Luke couldn't hit a shot. I think he hit one three the whole game. I mean, could not hit a shot. And for Duke to not – I just think that was their – it was their year. It was like their year. And it just the fact it didn't happen, man. I, I don't know that one. That one kind of surprised me. It just seemed like all they had to do, like the big their big game 
was against, in my opinion, if you beat Villanova, you're good. Like they, I think, so for them to lose, not even get the opportunity to play Villanova, because that's who they would have played if they had beaten Kansas, obviously. Um, man, that's, I think Duke not getting to the Final Four, that is an epic fail. I, I think they, because of all the talent they have, I mean, Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter, how do you defend that? Like, how do you defend that? And, you know, and Trayvon Duvall, at the end of the season, was playing really good. I mean, against Kansas, I think he had 20-plus points. Like, he played really well. And I, I don't know. It's just like like last year's team, okay, they didn't have a point guard. Harry Giles wasn't healthy. Still should have been – still should have at least gone to the Sweet 16, for God's sake. But still, okay, they didn't have – you know Harry Giles, who's a, who, who looked awesome this summer, didn't have him healthy. You know it was, it was mainly it was all their all the scoring was vested in really three players: Grayson Allen, Luke Kennard, and Jason Tatum. Um, and again, you know, not having a point guard really the past two years before that because Derek Thornton. I mean, he he just was not ready to play college basketball. He was a deer in headlights. Okay, and. But this year, I mean, you have a point guard. You got a senior leader. I don't know. And you got a lot of talent. You had top recruiting class. So it was just very surprising. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about some Duke and Kentucky's summer tours. And then we'll get to some recruiting. Um, if you all want me to talk about, you know, other things, if you have anything else you want me to bring up, tweet me, text me. Uh, probably not. Not call me. Email me. You can email me. Um, I don't know if that's on my social media, but but if you find it, if you have it, you can. Uh, email me. Um, send me a LinkedIn message. Instagram, Twitter, DMs, all that. Uh, do what you gotta do if you want to hear. Uh, if you if you got a topic you want me to talk about. So okay, Duke in Kentucky. Now we transition. Um, it, it'd kind of be a waste of time to talk about all the NBA draft decisions because it, that's way old news. Those guys have already been drafted, and guys that are back are back. So, I mean, it's kind of common knowledge at this point. Um, I think next episode I'll talk more about, like, my rankings, but I kind of want to talk about the the summer, kind of like the events of the summer. Um, and I still got, I mean, the basketball, I don't even think the AP has released their poll yet, so I got time for that. Um, but anyway, so Duke and Kentucky went. Went to play their overseas tour. Um, now, Duke got lucky because last year they practiced. They used it because you got 10 practices. For each of these foreign tours, you got 10 practices you can use. Um, and last year, last year was Duke's, years, Duke's year for their overseas tour. And they were pra- so they practiced. They did 10 practices. And then they canceled it. They canceled it. Because because of Mike Shesky had back surgery, when in reality, it was to get Marvin Bagley on campus, and it was to get Mar it was secure that commit to secure that commitment, which they successfully did. Um, whew. like they got lucky. Um, they got lucky with that. They got Bagley, and then and then they got to essentially redo it. The NCAA let them do it again. Okay, well you didn't do it last year. You do it again. So Duke and Kentucky both got to do it this year. Duke maybe not, not a little sketchy the way they got to it, but they did. Um, I'll talk about Kentucky's first because they went first. 
So, Kentucky looked awesome. Um, what I expected, so what I had been hearing about kind of the teams they're going to play, all right, two of these teams are really good. Two of them were like, eh, the pro- UK should win. Two of them were like, I mean, you got this team out of, out of uh, Argentina. I have no idea. They, they had a really long name. I don't remember their name. But they, supposedly they, they were like the best team in South – the best – best professional team in South America. Now, granted, they didn't bring all their players. So it was kind of a mix of their A and B team. They had some guys, but not all of them. They didn't bring their entire team. So it could have been different. Obviously, it would have been different. They had their whole team. But then you had this Serbian team, who did bring, I'm pretty sure, their whole team. And they have a guy that's a borderline first-round pick. I think a couple guys that were fringe that you're looking at. They were like 18, 19 years old that were like looking at going to the NBA next year and being picked. Which, I mean, that's I mean, that's pretty impressive. And, and a pro team. Um, and a pretty good... I mean, talking about guys that have been playing with each other for a long time. That was the case with all these teams, really. They all had been... Pl- they're all grown men. All like 25 or older. Most of them are. With the exception of the, the, the guys on Serbia I talked about. Serbian team. And been playing with each other for a long time. I mean, that's what and and like for for a team that counted up that has well, so they have your you know Kentucky has ten scholarship players, maybe eleven if Brad's on it. I don't know, but ten scholarship players for all intents and purposes. And half of them are freshmen. The other and and one of them, Jamal Baker, has is technically pretty much a freshman because he didn't play all last year and he didn't practice a ton either. The only returners you got. Quade Green, Nick Richards, P.J. Washington. It's all freshmen other than that, pretty much. And, and you're talking about tasked with playing grown men. For, and, and it was four, what was it four games in four days, I believe is what it was. Played, they played on a Wednesday, Thursday, off on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, what? They had one open practice um, before that. I mean, that, that's, a lot of, that's, that's a lot of games. That's... that's SEC tournament kind of stuff. And and that's only three days. Three games, three days. So, I mean, it's, it's a daunting task for a young team like that. And a team, Kentucky, or John Calipari said he didn't even work on defense going into this thing. He was working on the offense. He didn't even bother with the defense. So it's like, wow. We'll see. So the first game was, as you would expect, pretty ugly as far as scoring goes. Kentucky romped. Uh, I think it was the uh, it was the Bahamian national team minus Buddy Heald, DeAndre Ayton, Dwight Colby. Uh, I think this guy named Shaq Claire, and I mean I think Dwight Colby's brother maybe. So I mean it was without the top guys. I mean if DeAndre Ayton and Buddy Heald are playing, UK probably isn't winning that game. Let's be honest. But pretty ugly game. Shot thirty eight percent from the floor. Hold on, I, I wrote something up about. About this, let me see if I can go find it. Palms recap, yeah, okay, but I'll keep talking. Um, shot like 38% from the floor, went two for 20 from three. I think quickly, maybe either quickly or quite a green hit the first three, and they missed, they missed, I guess, 18 straight after that. And then Brad hit a three to end the game. I mean, ugly, you know what the score was? It was 80, I think it was 85 to 61, something like that. It was tied up, I think, at 45-all. And then Kentucky just blew them out the rest of the game. That's what they did all tournament. They were just, they would, it'd be kind of close, it'd kind of sleepwalk, and then just, they would just go on a run and just 
plow you, plow you over game. I mean, like, it was tied, I think, with like 14 minutes left, 45 all. And you do the math. I mean, that's 40 to 16. I think it was the 40 to 16. Or the final, like, or the final 14 minutes of a game. They, they, they weren't even playing well. I mean, Reed Travis missed a bazillion layups. Couldn't hit a three. Kelton Johnson played. That was his worst game down there. Cal said after the game, all right, Kelton, you played one game for TV, now you're going to play for the team. And they still won by, by 20, 23, or can't count, 24 points. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. So then the next game was pretty chaotic. You had the lights go out midway through it. Um, but another game, like, when I got to, I watched um, some of that one. I was delivering pizzas, by the way, during two of these games. The first one and the last one. So I had to listen to it on the radio. <laughs> so, kind of kind of frustrating, but that's all right. Um, but anyway, second game, you had the lights go out. Kentucky, Tyler Hero, man. <laughs> that dude showed it a bit in the first game. He was, the, he was a lot. I mean, he kind of got the offense kick-started a bit in that first game. And he just kept it going. I mean, that dude, his mid-range game, his mid-range game, excuse me, is something to behold. And he does not. I mean, you can't block a shot. He gets that elevation like, like Malik Monk had back a couple of years ago. I mean, he is he's going to be a special offensive player. Got to work on defense, but that's a guy that that when you first committed, you're like, all right, this dude, he'll play he'll play a little bit this year. Maybe he'll play a decent amount. Probably not a one and done. No, that dude's one and done. But he he the, what, the kind of el, the kind of like stock elevation that Devin Booker had. This kid is having, and I think it's, he's having it earlier. I mean, because Devin Booker was really not really an NBA a big NBA draft prospect really until February. This dude just put all the scouts on notice in August. I mean that that's what that's what we're talking about like with Tyler Hero. A, a game, a guy whose game is getting better and better, and so they kind of did much of the same thing. Uh, they wrong, they kind of think they let him go back, come back a little bit because they were up by 17, 17 or twenty when the lights went out, and then kind of let him come back a little bit. Then they blew him out. Third game, best game of the whole tournament. This was awesome. I I rewatched this game because it was just. It was, it was a fun game to watch. But it was clear that these guys were geared up for the Serbian team. It was pretty clear that Cal said, hey, you know, the Serbian team's pretty good. We, we're going to – this is kind of our – it was kind of a litmus test of this trip. Where are we at? Well, if that's, the, if that's the test, Kentucky passed with flying colors. We're talking about a, a 100-64 to 64 game. We're talking about – P.J. Washington, Kelton Johnson dunking on people. Offense, I mean, ran a legit, good, like, solid team. We're talking about probably if they were in the SEC, the fifth or sixth best team in for, in for this year's SEC that's really good. That's a pretty good team. It's a tournament team. Blew, beat them by 36. That I mean, what are they going to do? Like, like, that's a team that – you're. Outside of the power six, they'd probably win it, win the conference. 
they don't have as much talent as some of these teams Kentucky's going to play, obviously. But they're but that's a good team to beat that team. Mega B Max was their name by thirty six in August. Last year's team wouldn't have won. Last year's team maybe would have won one of these games. It would have been close, one or two, two at the most. I'll give them one probably. Last year's team would. Last year's team was losing at half to Utah Valley by ten. Last year's team struggled to put away Vermont. Last year's team lost four straight games in the tournament. Last year's team also managed to beat Tennessee, who's pretty much the same exact team, in March. Last year's team made to the Sweet 16 and was a stone throw away from the Final Four. They finished that game against Kansas State. They're probably in the Final Four. That's what last year's team, I mean, as last year. This year, this team is a thousand times better, a thousand times more advanced. Remember, I just remember, and, I, and I'm part of this, like, when the season ended, or, or I kind of actually not really, it was after the Zion announcement, I was like, man, who are we going to get? The season already was kind of looking not so good, right, because we're losing games left and right. I mean, I think we lost nine conference games. We're losing games left and right. And it's like, what do we do? Like, who do we go? Like, E.J. Montgomery at the time, people thought he was going to Duke. Ashton Hagens, like, no one really knew what was up with Ashton Hagens at this point. Reed Travis was playing for Stanford. It's like, it's, it's amazing how that, it all amounted to what we saw in August. Like, like no one would have thought. Like, Reed Travis. Oh yeah, that that guy, that guy's gonna be on Kentucky. Like, no one thought that. Are you kidding me? And it's just how it all came into you know fruition is is pretty is pretty awesome. And in the way they played in August, I mean, they, they ran that team off the court. Like, in and you know, then the next game is Team Toronto. They kind of had, they were lousy in the first half. Kicked it, kicked it in the gear. Had like a nineteen to four run at the end of the half. They were only up by five, and they ended up being by, up by like twenty. And that team, I mean, that, that was one of the weaker teams they played. And that team had Dwayne Notice, who used to play for South Carolina, and they had Andrew Nicholson, who was a former first round NBA or first rounder in the NBA draft. I mean, like, holy moly. That was one of the weaker teams. Still have some grown men, and Kentucky still beat them by about 30. I mean, and Reed Travis, that game, because he had kind of struggled offensively a lot of the tournament, looked awesome. Looked awesome. 20-something points. I think he had double-double. Hit a couple threes. So here are the quick pointers that I kind of, like, got out of it. Um, I wrote this. But this is the best team, offensive team, Cal's ever had. Um, ranking, so the best, if we had to rank the best offensive teams outside of this one, we're not counting this one, um, the 2010 teams up there, I think you got, you got to put the, the 20, the 20, uh, 16, 17 team. That was a really good offensive team. And I think sneakily, you got to put the, the 15, 16 team. By the end of that season, I think they were, Kentucky might have been, like, and Kim Palm's, uh, adjusted offensive rating, I think Kentucky might have been number one 
like top five. They were like really good. And then you got to put the the fifteen or the fourteen fifteen team. I think this team is better than all of them, and I don't really think it's close. It's going to set. It's going to be the most points Cal's ever had on, on a team. I think in general. And I mean, they can do it all. You have got you have legitimate. And, you have legitimately four guys in the post that you can throw the ball to down to, and they can get, go get a bucket. And also, mind you, this Kentucky played. EJ Montgomery played the first game, didn't play the rest of the tournament. Jamal Baker didn't play at all. They played with eight guys. They played with eight guys. They didn't play with their full group. Now EJ Montgomery and Jamal Baker are are not the most important players. I mean, but EJ Montgomery's good. I mean, that dude's probably gonna go to the NBA next year. And Jamal Baker is arguably the best shooter on the team. Could be. We don't know yet, but could could end up being the best shoot, uh, best guy, or best shooter on the team. Pretty pretty impressive, pretty impressive stuff. And but they they went from like they, so they started out two of twenty in that first game, like I told you, which is a ten percent. And they finished the tournament twenty four for forty eight, and they shot and they rose. They got their percent to thirty eight percent. If Kentucky is shooting. 39 to 40% from three. Oh my gosh. And I think that's a legitimately, that's a legitimate, um, that, that, that could legitimately happen. Like last year's team that couldn't, they shot, what did they shoot? They probably shot low 30s, like very low, like 32 or 33%. They didn't take many threes either. They're like bottom 20, I think, in three attempted threes. They, they started shooting better from three as the season went on towards the end. But last year's team, this team, this team can shoot. I mean, all of them, all of the guards, plus Kelton Johnson, with the exception of Ashton Hagens, like can legit shoot. Like Kelton Johnson, I think he's going to be like a thirty. I think you're going to get thirty five percent out of him, which is pretty good. His his jump shot, it's kind of a work in progress, not bad, but it's it, he isn't as a, he's not an elite shooter at this point. Emmanuel Quickly is a really good shooter. I mean, you couldn't leave him open. You left him open, he was knocking it down. Quade Green had a horrible first game, one for eleven. Started the Midnight Club, got some shots up after that game, finished the tournament shooting 50%, and he was hitting everything. <laughs> Tyler Hero, that dude, that dude can shoot. Are you kidding me? I mean, like, this team, they they have inside, they have outside, they have mid-range, and they can attack you. I mean, P.J. Washington, stretch four, hitting, hitting threes. Reed Travis, stretch five, hitting threes. I mean, you got bigs that, that, that have a stroke. I haven't even mentioned Nick Richards yet. He, he isn't going to be hitting threes, but he's got mid-range. He absolutely has some mid-range. And he, he may be – I mean, he is – he looked awesome shooting the jump hook. Uh, Emmanuel quickly was was the surprise. I know people are going to be like, Tyler Hero this, Tyler Hero that. And, that, and, and deservedly so. I mean, the dude was awesome. He can play. He can score. Emmanuel quickly was incredible. I mean, he didn't make mistakes, shot the ball extremely well. You know, like, he, he kind of was doing – for quickly it was weird because like he he started out as like the top point guard ranked by far like eighth going into um going into the se- his senior season I don't know if he had a bad senior season I don't think he did but for whatever reason his ranking went from like eight to twenty to twenty two or twenty three so that was a guy I was like man well okay he's good he's a five star still was McDonald's all American. But maybe pump the brakes. Maybe he's not ready yet. No, he's ready. I mean, he he 
He does not make mistakes. Great feel for the game. Great passer. Um, perfect. I think Emmanuel quickly found is in the perfect spot. He found the perfect spot for himself because I, he's not a guy that you can be like, all right, this is our five star point guard. Everything's going through him. He he is our end all be all. That I don't think that would work. I don't, I don't think he's that kind of guy. Like he's not like Dennis Smith. Like Dennis Smith, I think needed to be the guy or like Trey Young last year. Different players, but same concept. Like Emmanuel quickly isn't like that. Kawhi Green isn't like that either. Like, they need, you know, they are better suited when they have elite talent around them and then they can kind of play. They can mesh with it. And, and I mean, perfect example of that. Um, he doesn't make, but he does not make mistakes. And much better ba- basketball IQ um, than I, he was just a lot better than I thought. The shot selection for a bunch of freshmen was great. There was a few times, that first game, I didn't, really, I didn't get to watch it closely, obviously, I told you. I was, I was listening to the radio. But there was probably some bad shots. In that first game, it's the first game, but against Mega B Max, where they played their best game, they didn't they didn't take bad shots. The worst shot I, I can remember is they quickly drove in on a big when he could have passed it and he l- tried to lay up and he got stuffed. That's but that's it. Like that's it. When when that is like all these other shots, like good shots, like they pass up good shots for great shots. They move the ball so well and. Um, it gets me, you know, they're going to be a fun team to watch. As a Kentucky fan, it gets me excited. Um, the returners were were great. They all looked better than what they were. Nick Richards' revelation. I mean, he looked awesome. Um, and then P.J. Washington. I mean, he's got – I mean, he has three levels to his offense. His body looks great. I mean, like, he is ripped now. Like he was a, like not that he was fat last year he wasn't but he was a he had he was a little pudgy I think he was a little that's fair and he's ripped I mean he, like he looks much better conditioned he looks ready to play SEC basketball and and remember even last year like he took it to Grant Williams last year in that game in Knoxville before he got the cramps he took it to him that first half I mean what what's he what's he gonna do this year and he he is a far better player. And, you know, Jamal Baker, obviously, we haven't seen him. But, and then uh, Quad A. Green showed a lot of mental toughness, I think. And I think that a lot of it for him is mental toughness. And not that he didn't have it last year. I think he did. But, like, I mean, he just – I think he is ready to be a leader. And he's ready to kind of, like, weather the storm. Because, I mean, there's going to be times where this team struggles. And I think he is the, the perfect captain of that ship. And, you know, I, I'll get more into Kelton Johnson. But hot take here. I think he's the second best player in the sport. I, I really do. I, I really think he is the second best player in college basketball for this season. And I, I've, I've said that to some people, and they're kind of like, ooh, that's a, that's a little high. And my uh, co-host for the Kentucky Sports Podcast, Tori, was kind of like, ooh, that's, that's a little high. And I, I, I get it. But th- you got to have a hot take, right? That's my hot take. I, I just do. I, I think all around he does everything well, and he does a lot of. And he does. And, and it's not just he does everything well. He does a lot of things really well. He's not a great shooter yet, but he can defend. He's a really good rebounder for his size. I mean, if we're talking about a six 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 seven two fifteen guy, um, he's a leader. 
I mean, he's he's a, a vocal leader at this point. That, that that's part. Of, it's not just about playing the sport. I mean, that's that's a lot of it, but that's not it. Um, very mature, you know. Passing, I, I didn't really you know key in his pat, but not a bad passer. And man, he can take any guy to the cup. He wants to. I mean, he can. And, and he can dunk on. He can dunk over you. He can. He can acrobat. I mean, he he's got it all. He is an elite talent, a elite one and done who I think could end up in the top five. And I think even higher. I mean, the dude is a special, special talent. And um, I think there was, I think there was a worry like, oh, Cal's not going to get a guy in the top ten this year. That is not, he is going in the top ten. That is, that is for sure. I, I think that that's going to happen. Um, Rim protection was kind of like one thing. If if you had to pick something to be a little worried about coming going into that trip is rim protection, right? Nick Richards sh- showed flashes, but la- he really didn't see him a lot last year. P.J. Washington and Reed Travis do not play above the rim. Um, and then E.J. Montgomery, you haven't really seen him play. And I thought the bigs defended pretty well. I think I think Nick Richards can hold his own a lot better this year than he did last year. And I think you know P.J. Washington showed some showed some rim protecting ability. You know, I, I mentioned Reed Travis being a mild disappointment. I don't. I think he'll be fine. I mean, this dude's a fifth-year senior. He's a twenty-three-year-old man. I don't think. I don't, I'm not worried about Reed Travis, but I think I, I expected him to be a little bit more offensively advanced. I think he was a little nervous. I think that's part of it. But I, I think I expected him to be one of the guys that, like, okay, we're, we're going to be dumb it down. He's going to be able to to get a bucket. And you know, it, it doesn't help. He's not. A, he's not an elite athlete. He doesn't play above the rim, so that, that, that makes it tough. But I think I'm not worried about Reed Travis. I think he's going to do just fine. Um, and in the last game, he, he played really well. So he he shot 7 for 14 in the final game. So he, he, he picked it up. Each game, I felt like he got a little better um, as far as that goes. But, you know, I, I think Kentucky's going to be really good. <laughs> like They're my top-ranked team, and I think there's a good reason for it. I, I know – I wish we could have seen Kansas play to have the, to kind of compare the two, but they didn't play. I don't think they did, at least. If they did, I didn't see them. Um, so I don't know. I know a lot of people think Kansas is the top team, and I, I get that. That's, that's a fair argument. But I just think Kentucky – I Kansas has a lot of depth. I get that. But I don't – like – Kentucky, I feel like, has legit bona fide stars. Kansas, like – Dedrick Lawson, yes, was was very good at Memphis. He was a double double guy, but how does that translate to the Big Twelve? Well, fine. like I, I think there's a lot of hype around Dedrick Lawson. And no offense, I just I, I want to see him do it at, at a Power Five conference. I mean, the a, the AAC is not a, a bad conference, but I want to see him do it at a Power Five conference, um, if if that makes sense. Let's see here, but um, anyway, so then so let's talk about Duke. Talk about Duke for a second. Got ten minutes left. I didn't get to watch a ton of Duke. They were on ESPN Plus. How, how did Duke not get on TV? By the way, for this, like it's Duke. It's Duke basketball, and it's it's early early. It was mid August. It was mid August. Like what else is on TV that's worth playing than Duke at this at this point? Like what's ESPN got? Like because I don't think they were playing at night. They might have been. I don't know. I don't know where they played in Canada. They could have been playing at night. I know that ESPN's got baseball. That's ESPN. Go to ESPN2 or ESPNU. Like, what are they playing on ESPNU that's better than Duke 
But I, I don't get that. It is kind of funny, like, they didn't make TV. And Kentucky got the SEC network, at least. Or the ACC network. It, it didn't make sense. But anyway, so the takeaways from that. Number one, you, you can't take a ton away from it. Because no Cam Reddish and no Trey Jones. That, that's big. Like, like think of it. It's two of the big four that they got. Um... So it's kind of hard to say, well, Duke's going to do this or that based off that performance because they didn't have their full team. And it's not like they were missing Javin Delorier and Marquise Bolton. They they were missing two starters. And Cameron Reddish, a top – I'd probably put him at number three on my player list. I'm, I, when I get time, I'm going to try to make a player list. and Something like that. Um, anyway. So – but so there's that. So as a team, tough to take away things. But we can take away from individuals. Number one, Zion Williamson is really good. He's really good. I still want to see him do it against like the teams they played. The Duke played were like what like they were not big. They they were not physically imposing by by any means. Kentucky played some physically imposing teams. Not all of them were, but that the Mega B Max that that was a physically imposing team. The the Argentinian team was not. Um, they were not very physically imposing. I think Team Toronto had some big dudes. But Duke played this team called Ryerson. I mean, that, that team, they, they weren't very, very good. The, the team, so there was this one Canadian team that knocked off, I think, a couple of, maybe like Cincinnati, a couple of D1, like Power 5 plus AAC, Power 6, whatever, teams. And Duke didn't play them. They, they, wouldn't, they, they, were, they wouldn't play them. But they played the second best team, which is Ryerson. That team, I don't know, they were tiny. They, they were not big, big. Like, Zion could do whatever he wanted to. And I remember R.J. Barrett got a fast break. And they had, I don't know, Ryerson had this dude that was on their team that was probably a seven-footer. But was try, he, he tried to, like, as Barrett was starting the break, he tried to, like, catch up to him. And, I mean, he was moving. It was the slowest I've ever seen someone move. To try to go, try to try to cut, uh, get back on a fast break, and then he ended up fouling a man one. But Zion Williamson's really good. Like it's clear he can dominate a game against the mid majors. They're not going to be able to stop him. The, the offense should like RJ is, is gonna. I mean, he's gonna get his. But I think the offense should run through Zion in those when they play smaller teams because they're just not going to be able to stop him. He is so just physically imposing. You can't box him out. You can't keep him out of the lane. He can kind of do whatever he wants to. I mean, he's that good. Um, so there's that. And then also, R.J. Barrett is really good. He's he, he's my number one player. I, I really I, – he, he's going to be the top pick. I mean, he can kind of do it all. I mean, those two are going to be sensational for Duke, plus Cameron Reddish. Um, so, Duke has two bona fide superstars, and, like, there's no doubt. As far as, like, some of the weaknesses, okay, can't really – again, it's kind of hard, but their bench is terrible. They have a terrible bench. And poor Marquise Bolden, didn't he – I don't even think he scored that whole time. And barely play. I mean, Duke was playing – this guy named Antonio Vrankovic, who I'm sure you haven't heard of him, over him. That dude, and he sucks. They're not good. Like, it's just, it amazes me. 
the fall of Marquise Bolt. And, and I think Coach K went on the Rothstein podcast, whatever that's called. Rothstein Files might be. And, and went on and talked about how Marquise Bolden should be going to be one of the best big men in the country this year. I mean, he can't even play over over former three stars. I mean, he like it just amazes me. I mean, he is so incompetent. He should have. Tra- I mean, he. I think he was really considering transferring after the sixteen season, uh, after the sixteen seventeen season, and he didn't do it. And now he's stuck there. No one's going to take him. Like people were, would have taken a chance on him after that season because it's like, oh, okay, he 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 hurt his foot to start the season. Kind of got a slow start. Um, but we can work with it. Now they're like, he's just not good. I mean, like, and Duke isn't going to play him. Heck no. I mean, Javin Delorier, who, I mean, he's, he's all right. He's a nice, like, he's energy, he's a nice energy piece. Um, pretty good athlete. Pretty good offensive rebounder. Not really as much of a score. But that dude plays way more. I mean, like, I had Bolden starting. Slade starting going in, and now it's like, nope, that's not going to happen. I mean, he's he's like the eighth guy, and for a team that doesn't play many players, that's that's going to hurt. Their bench is terrible. Alex O'Connell, I mean, he'll he'll serve as like the main guard backup. Same with Jordan Goldwire, but those guys it's like they haven't really done a whole lot. I mean, Alex O'Connell's time. Who whoever whoever he has to guard, I mean, like. They're gonna just go at him. The other team is because he is he is just very small, and you get a, a big guard going up against him, no chance, no chance. I forgot to mention, by the way, with um, UK, Ashton Hagen's defense is incredible. Just want to throw that out there. I, I just thought about that. He he's the best defensive guard that Cal's going to have. I mean. He's gonna he's gonna give Rondo's steal record run for some money. Like he, I mean, he just would make plays all over. His offense is a work in progress, but they don't need him to score. I don't think that's a big deal. I think that guy will overblown. Doesn't really matter though. So that first game is going to be absolutely epic. Um I'm exci- I'm I'm thrilled for it. I think UK is gonna win by like a little by by like like ten to fifteen points. Because we haven't seen Duke play. Like, UK, yes, they had a couple guys out. But they've pretty much, they, they've played four games together. Duke, I mean, I mean Barrett, and, Barrett and Zion probably scored 80% of their points that tournament, if not more. And now you're going to throw in Cam Reddish and Trey Jones? Two, like, I mean, two scores? I mean, it's just going to be kind of interesting how that plays out. And, and you're, not, you're not playing against... Monmouth, some mid-major. You're playing against Kentucky in the Champions Classic, so I think it's gonna be an, that's an interesting development. But I think the UK is gonna win that game. Um, all right, so we've about re- reached our time here. This app that I'm using gives me an hour limit. And I don't want really want to. Uh, I don't want to sink any more time to it. So uh, next up on the Post Note Podcast, we will talk about we will talk about recruiting. Didn't get to that this time. That's okay. Um, I'll talk about. A little bit of rankings. Um, talk about Duke's recruiting struggles with Capel gone. I think that's a very interesting topic that is worth noting. I, I kind of wanted to get to it today, but I didn't. That's okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of recruiting because it's recruiting season, official visit season, all that. Um, it's heat. The, the hot boards are heating up for some of these teams. Um, 
and with the season coming on or getting closer, that's going to be like not not a ton of recruiting. I mean, obviously, n- now it, it's going to be worth talking about in the November that early signing period. But that's what we'll probably get to. I'll try to get a podcast up next week. Thank you all for listening. Again, contact me if you need if you want anything else talked about. But this has been the Posting Up Podcast by your clo- by your host Alec Jesse. Have a great week.